Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 151 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. What's going on with you? Um, feel like I had like a pretty normal weekend. Caught a couple Caps games last week, so loving life right now. Oh, excuse me. Just sneezed. Thank Bless God you. for the mute button. Um, yeah, that looked like fun. Uh, in terms of me, I'm just gearing up for... Wild card weekend with the NFL. That's going to be a doozy. I would love to uh, do a little segment either at the end of this episode or maybe a separate one later this week. I think that'd be fun um, being a Ravens fan. It's definitely an interesting time. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to hopefully spoiling the Bengals' hopes and dreams. Nothing would make me happier. But we're going to get to a little bit of NHL action before we um, perhaps discuss some football at the end. I'm also going to toss it across the screen to our intern, Mr. Jackson Gross. Speaking of NFL, Bears get the number one pick. Congratulations. Very happy lad. Um, shout out to Lovey Smith. Once a bear, always a bear. <laughs> Giving a big old middle finger to the Texans organization by willing Davis Mills to hit a fourth and 20 Hail Mary and then a two-point conversion. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Lovey Smith can win games like that against the Colts, but like the big ones when he has Rex Grossman as quarterback in the Super Bowl, he just can't seem to beat the Colts. Ooh. Hey, there is freaking Peyton Manning on the Colts team, not Sam Ellinger. So true. Let's let's just not talk about that. I don't I don't even be reminded of that. So same kind of quarterback in my eyes, but oh my to... god, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, righty. Well, we could probably get tied up in the football talk, but we'll jump into a bunch of news, discussions, updates, gambling trends that we got for you guys on tap for this episode. Uh, so let's get to it. But before we do, oh, and by the way, Mac is uh not gonna be on this recording. He uh forgot that he had to travel like three hours away for a business trip for four days and failed to uh, mention that until like the day of. So I don't know how you do that. Um, Mac, if you're listening, you live one hell of a life. I don't know how you operate like that, but good for you. I wish I was more like that as Nick is smiling. If you're not having the camera on, just <laughs> I love it. Himself. I yeah. love it. It's so funny. It's phenomenal. Um, question of the day, Nick, this one's brought to us by Brackish Life. I'll read the ad after you're done. Sounds good. So I actually have two. So real quick, hockey trivia one. Who is or was, I'm not going to give it away, the longest serving captain in NHL history? Hmm. Which conference did this guy play for? Hang on. Let me. In the last, if I give you that answer, it's going to give it away. Okay. Okay. I could be stupid. And this is a random name. I'm not saying this is my answer. One of the names that pops up is Dave Anderchuk. I don't know why. Okay. It's not Dave Anderchuk, but I would not have thought you would have come up with that one. <sighs> Longest tenured captain. Mm. I'd also love to see where Sid ranks in this. He's got to start be getting up. Think there. about teams that were really good for a really long time. Is it? Wayne Train, Wayne Gretzky? Nope. 
Is it because it's uh, longest serving with one team? Like if you move teams, oh, like technically that's yeah. Nick Lidstrom. Close. Ugh. Eyes guy. Yep. Stevie Y. Oh, 20 years. Okay. Wow. Right? Whoa, 20 years. Shit. Yeah. Jesus. That's insane. Um, so yeah, good job, boys. Uh, and then my non-hockey related one is I know we all have bucket lists. So dig into that bucket list and give me one thing that you must do before your time is up. <sighs> Jay, you can go yeah. first if you have one. Sure, put me on the spot for this one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hard hitting question here, eh? Um I'd have to say uh probably make it to Italy one day. Okay. Travel from like Milan down to Rome and then down to Sicily where uh my mom's side of the family is from. So very nice. Just make a full trip of Italy it was one day. Anything like specific in there you want to do or just like eat your way through the country, which is what oh, I feel like I would do. Eating, eating all the pasta, pizza, and gelato that I can. There you go. That sounds like a hell of a life. Yeah. yeah. After, especially after watching uh, White Lotus here. Italy looks like a time, <laughs> must say. So um, I'll give one kind of unrelated hockey one and un- one hockey related one. So for unrelated to hockey, I would love to go with my mother to madrid nice Uh, that's where her her mom's from we have cousins over there that i've never met so like that would be really cool i've never been to spain that's definitely my number one bucket list item that would be incredible dude secondly i would love to be at a game where the stanley cup is won and see it in person with the celebration everything that would be one of the coolest things ideally with the penguins maybe with sid we don't have much time left here (laughs) Uh, but if it wasn't, I wouldn't be that mad. You know, it'd still be cool to see. Right. What if it went against him? How would you feel about that? Uh, oh. We don't go there. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's erased from the memory bank. So I think I would have to say like easy sporting event for me is easy. It's the Indy 500. I've always wanted to go. I'll get there at some point. And then non-sports related, I would say uh, getting in a cage and doing like the great white shark diving thing. I've always wanted to do that. Oh, a little birdie told me that uh, you might be going to a different 500 race. Is that accurate? That bird is uh, correct in okay. uh, in telling you that I am going to Daytona in February for the 500. So that is going to be Let's one go. hell of a time, my friend. I haven't yeah, been since I was two, so I'm excited to go back. Damn! Oh, you're gonna have a blast. Yeah, have fun. No fun will be had at all. Business <laughs> trip. Business trip. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> And just a reminder, the, those bucket list questions were brought to you by our sponsor, Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. We have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. It would not be an Empty Betters episode if we didn't start the episode with the two best Connors on the planet. Uh, Connor Bedard, we just talked about him for pretty much the whole last episode. He's going to start off our news for this week. His first game back in juniors after the, uh, WJC, he scores four times in his WHL return. He assisted on two other goals. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, he had like 13 shots on goal. So he had six points, four goals, two assists, and the team beat the Calgary Hitmen, the Regina Pats, six to two. I mean, insane, this dude. kid is insane. 
These what are just like bonkers numbers. And like you watch the goals too. And it's like two of those goals he just made happen by himself. Yeah, man. It's it's nuts how good this kid is. Like I, I he's going to end up maybe being the most hype prospect of all time. I, dare I, I, I say think it. We're, we're actually looking yeah. at like maybe the fifth or sixth best, best release on the planet right now. And that includes the NHL. Yeah, he's uh he's a once in a generation type talent for sure. Um we're yeah. coming up on the draft here. You know, talking about midway through the season, I think a lot of teams are like 41 games played, so season about half done, who's tanking, who's not. Already starting to talk draft, combine that kind of stuff. So, it's going to be an interesting finish to the season whichever lucky franchise lands him. Uh, Connor McDavid, the other Connor, uh, hard to forget him too. Scored his 34th goal the other night against the LA Kings, putting him on pace for 66 goals and 150 points this season. That might sound like typical business for Connor, but just a reminder, there are only four players in the history of the NHL that have scored at least 66 goals and 150 points. Those four players would be Mario Lemieux, who did it four times, Wayne Gretzky, who also did it four times, Bernie Nichols and Phil Esposito. Big boys right there. Big names to be up there with. I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The highest goal scoring we've seen in our lifetime has been Ovi, right? 65. Uh, Yeah, Mm. that, that sounds right. I think 65 was that his third season in like 07, 08, something like that. 08, 09, one of those two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's the the most we've seen since you and I have, you know, memory banks. So right, unless Lemieux did that in like '94 or '95 or something when I was one or two. But uh, old man, that's before my time. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be that would be a hell of a season. I don't even think we've seen 150 points since you and I have no. been on this earth. Those are '80s numbers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, quick. Fact check. Uh, I don't remember when you guys were born, but Brett Hull had 70 in 91, 92. Okay. Thank God I missed it. Okay. Yeah, I am not that old. <laughs> oh, and he also had 86 in 90 and 91. Wow. Holy crap. That's got to be the second most. I think I know Gretz has 92 as the record in a season. Which is I just, guess. Like, he are is, you kidding me? He's one and two at 92 and 87. Jesus God. That's stupid. That's just so stupid. Yeah. I was about to say Brett Hall might be have the second record, but or second place in that record, but I guess he's third. So yes. Um, anyways, had to start off the the episode with the two Connors per usual. Uh moving on, we've got Marc Andre Fleury news. He left the wild temporarily after losing a heartbreaking game over the weekend of the Buffalo Sabres six to five. A lot of People would say that was probably the hockey game of the year. That was a hell of a game. So far, man. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. Back and forth comebacks, lead changes. It was a hell of a high scoring game. Sabres wore their reverse retro unis, made it all the more better. Um, But yeah, Fleury left the team. He was super, super upset with himself. He was saying how if a team scores five goals, they have to win that. He's kind of had a rough kick at the can this year so far, I would say. Um, however, it was reported he was going to leave the team for a week, and he's already back. He will be playing for them tonight at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. That's been confirmed by uh, Wild writer and reporter Michael Russo. So, Flurry clears his head. There were rumors, I don't know if this is true, that he was back in Montreal visiting Latang. 
for his uh, father's funeral. I don't know if that's true or not, but I saw that through the grapevine. Um, nonetheless, what are your thoughts? It looked like Flurry was really rattled and just kind of needed to get away and deal with some personal issues is what the storylines were saying. Yeah, I, I, that's the impression I got as well. I didn't see as much of the post game as you did. Uh but certainly, I mean, something was clearly bothering him, whether, you know, it was related to this game specifically or something going on over the past weeks, months, years, who knows? We just don't know. So, I mean, good on him for saying like, hey, I kind of just need to check out for a little bit. Uh, you know, clearly it wasn't anything too concerning if he was saying he was going to come back in a week or so. But uh, I mean, good to see that he's back already and seems to hopefully have a handle on things. Yeah, it's really important for for guys, especially in this position with the Wild are trying to do this year to make sure you're all right, not only physically, but in the head. So good on Marc-Andre for taking care of his mental health and getting right so he can be right for his team. For sure. Especially with all the pressure that comes with being a goaltender, you know, it almost like magnifies it, it feels like. And, it's uh, such a mental position. Yeah, and just to clarify, I, I actually don't know if that, rumor was true that he went back to to Montreal. I I saw some things on that, so I'm just reading what I you know, saying what I read on Twitter. No, can't confirm nor deny. Uh the speaking of a, another ex Penguins goaltender and this one is going to cause a lot of controversy, especially um some of the Minnesota guys because this is where it all started. The league will be conducting an investigation into Matt Murray's cheating, aka net fondling which I thought was just a hell of a way to phrase it. For those who you are unaware... You put that word in an article and not expect people to run with it. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, back in November, the Wild were playing the Leafs, and there were three different instances where Matt Murray knocked the net off its moorings, and Dean Evanson went absolutely ballistic on the referees in the league. Uh, there was, you know, like a goal called back because he knocked the net off before it counted. Then there were like two odd man rushes where they couldn't even get the shot off because the net came off the moorings. Well, there was a video that came out. I can't remember who the Leafs were playing. It might have been the Flyers where they beat him 6-2. Don't quote me on that. And Nick, you could put the video over this. Um, Murray was seen fidgeting with the net like mid-play while it was on the other end of the ice so there was no action in front of him. And he was just seeing like how far he could jab the net without it coming off and then seeing how far he could like fiddle with it when it would come off. And there, it's like an overhead view. So I doubt he even knows he was being recorded, but this went kind of viral on Twitter because he's been known to, I guess, you know, go post to post a little harder than on some other goalies. He's been known to this? kick the net off. Like, I mean, yeah, I've seen it a couple times and not just against the caps, but. Did you guys have a chance to uh, see this exact clip? Do you have any thoughts? I did. It does not look good. Um, because it, <laughs> You know what the first thing I thought of was, and uh, I'm going to make a race car analogy here, is like, you know, NASCARs have like a template that they're supposed to fit under before they pass inspection. And every now and then you'll see like, or back in the day, you used to see a crew chief or a driver yanking on one of the fenders to get it to point out a little bit more for better aerodynamics or whatever. And just seeing like what they can get it like get away with. And I think that is exactly what Matt Murray is doing here. He's wiggling that net. I don't know if he's trying to loosen it or see where like the pressure point is for making it come loose, but that's the way that I saw the video. Now I could be completely wrong, but that's just what it looked like to me. 
it looks so weird. I was having a hard time understanding what he was doing in the first place when I first saw it. So hearing that explanation, it's just it's a very, very weird situation with Matt Murray. And to fact check, it was against uh, Philadelphia in that 6-2 game. So the fact that it's mid play is kind of what has me scratching my head, right? You know, TV timeout, you're squirting the water bottle, whatever. Okay, still kind of weird to do it, but I understand using some inference here, I feel like maybe there was a play where he was like, ooh, maybe I could have gotten the net off there. And then they take play the other way and he starts kind of fiddling with it while they're in the other end. I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. And I, we've never really seen anything like it. Or like I kicked it hard enough. It should have come off there. Why didn't it? You know, let's make sure this thing is good and loose. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's a strategy, like- man, right? Whatever works. Well, he's going to be under a microscope now that the league has an investigation on him. So it's something to keep an eye out for for the rest of the season. Um, you know, worst comes to worst, they can turn to elite NHL goaltender Ilya Samsonov. I know that's Mac true. Some words about yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, I am not even going to try to pronounce the name <laughs> on this next news piece. So I will let you take it. Yeah, I have an absurd stat line here for you guys. Shout out to 14 year old Neela. Lupsanova, who has 15 goals and 25 points through six games played in the Slovakian Women's League. I think Bedard, I don't think Bedard could do that. No, these are like Gretzky no. numbers on steroids. Yeah, everyone was going crazy about Bedard's uh, world junior numbers. This girl, I, what is that? Six, that's over four points per game. Bedard only did three. So. Yeah, and she's 14. Like, this is insane. So, shout out to her and um, please don't play the Americans anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if like you're like in middle school with this girl and you're like going through like your classes and shit, and then you have to go on the ice and she's just ripping you for five goals a game or whatever. Yeah. It's it's kind of like everyone making those jokes, like imagine like going through high school geometry and then having to guard LeBron. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a similar proposition there. Freshman in high school, that's pretty nuts. Um, and then our last piece of news, the Boston Bruins. I mean, we couldn't have been more wrong about this team before the season. They just became the second fastest team in NHL history to get to 30 wins. That is nuts. I didn't realize that Linus Olmark was the answer the Boston Bruins were looking for. Neither did I. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's I'm just mad because I was getting excited because all the Boston sports teams are finally seeming on their downfall. Patriots suck. The Red Sox are blowing it up. But nope, the Bruins have to come back and be like, oh, we're good again because we did things. So I'm I'm not happy. Shout out to them for being an incredible team. But I literally would have been OK with it if it was any other team besides them or the Blues. I would any other team. Uh, did anyone uh, have a chance to see who maybe the fastest team is by chance? I'd be curious to see that. I don't know that off the top of my head. You would think it would be one of the Islanders school... teams, Oilers teams, or maybe Montreal. like one of the Red Wings teams or something. I don't know. Um, Jay, you could you could try if you can't. No worries. But yeah, hold on. I will in, keep talking and I'll look. In the meantime, we will move on to our discussion segment. Uh, but before we do, just a reminder, this dis- these discussion segments are brought to you by our sponsor, Cane Footwear. Nick, I think you have a word from them. I do. Um, like you, I always wear my canes when I'm recording. Boom, got them right here. Cane Revive, made with bounce back phone from Sugar Cane. 
fantastic shoe, stylish shoe, comfortable shoe. I wear them all the time. Warm to work out in this morning. My back felt great. Knees felt amazing. I feel like I'm 22 again. Harry's got his right there. Go ahead and get yourself a pair today at the link in our bio. Does help support us. We appreciate it if you do. Absolutely. All righty. So let's talk the two hottest teams in hockey right now, which I can't believe I'm saying. Uh, the Seattle Kraken and the Buffalo Sabres. So for the Seattle Kraken, they are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Currently riding a five-game winning streak. Ironically enough, these two teams are playing each other as we're recording this. I do not have a score update. Uh, what I do know is that I just checked my phone and I have the over in the Pens game and they're losing three to one in the first fucking period. Did not think that would be happening, but you know what? Sometimes it's helping it you. Like now you live bet and double down. There you go. Um, anyways, the Seattle Kraken, seven, two and one in their last 10, five game winning streak. During that five game winning streak, they are outscoring their opponents 26 to eight in those five games. That is absolutely wild. Another wild stat, and I can't believe that this is actually real. They're averaging over four goals per game on the road this season. They're averaging 4.33 goals per game on the road. There are only four teams in NHL history who ever finished a seat. Well, three teams in, in NHL history who finished a season with over four goals per game on the road. That would be the 92-93 Red Wings, the 93-94 Red Wings, and the 92-93 Nordiques. If the Kraken can keep this up on the road, they're going to be joining some elite company there. Absolutely. This team has been so impressive all year. Um, you know, they got, I think, a lot of shit last year for how they finished. Um, you know, everyone, I think, was a little bit still under the Vegas spell of things, kind of expecting them to be a little bit better than that. But they went in with a different approach and they've been able to pick up, I think, some great players, you know, that other teams just kind of haven't had the space for. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Daniel Sprong and Andre Burakovsky have been able to find roles there. Burakovsky is playing fantastic, probably the best we've seen him play so far in the NHL. Uh, clearly, they've got their goaltenders worked out with Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer. That's clearly working now. Yeah, I mean, color me shocked, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whatever they're doing seems to be working. This is a team that knows how to win hockey games. And it's also a team that knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. They're currently uh, third best in the NHL in goals scored per game behind Boston and Buffalo. Uh, Ely Tolvanen, the guy from Nashville that they picked up on waivers, mm -hmm. he's got three goals and five points in his five games with the Kraken. Matty Beneers is riding a four-game goal streak. Vince Dunn, I, I mean, this guy's got to be one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. He's on my fantasy team, so I can see all the work he's doing. He has been a monster lately. In his last five games, he's got nine points for the Kraken, three wow. goals and six assists. That's impressive. And, I mean, that's a guy that everyone kind of wanted, and then the market just kind of fell apart for him. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never said this on the show, but for a while now, once like uh, the Kraken drafted Vince Dunn, I was on the Vince Dunn hype train. Just I there I don't know what it was. I just thought he had a lot of potential in him. So I'm I'm glad to see him doing well. And then just a quick score update. It's uh Sabres one nothing with about five and a half left in the first period. Alex Tuck from Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson. Well, yeah. that just segues absolutely perfectly, doesn't it? So our next team that we're gonna talk about, the Buffalo Sabres. 
Name of the game, offense, 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 offense. These This team knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're the best offense in the NHL right now, which I don't think any of us would have thought we would say around the New Year mark at the start of the season. They're leading the NHL in goals per game at 3.89. They've got the second-best power play in the NHL behind the Oilers. I could talk about Tage Thompson on and on. We've done it time and time again so far this season. But let's talk about one other guy who's having an absolute breakout season, Rasmus Dahlin, a guy that you know people have had to be a little patient for. You know, Defensemen, they take a little longer to groom. First overall pick, a lot of pressure. He's got 44 points through 37 games so far, and he's got seven in his last five. Hit a five-point night in that epic game that we were talking about earlier against Minnesota over the weekend. And then, the, obviously, Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, they've been just carrying the way for um, the Buffalo Sabres. Just like Jay said, they've got point, they all three have points in the first goal. And Dylan Cousins, another guy, point-per-game player this season, he's having a breakout party too. He's stepping up big time. I thought, uh, going back to what you are saying about Darlene, and I, I watched this team play live last week. Um it like I mean he he just looks so much more comfortable on the ice than he did when he was eighteen and yeah that's gonna sound like a dust statement but it's true like he's controlling the play out there now um, not really rushing things out of his own zone such a smooth skater such a smooth puck handler uh, and then going back to um, I mean just the rest of this team I mean you you talk about guys like Cousins who are stepping up and I mean another guy Peyton Krebs. Um, he looked fantastic in that game I went to as well, and that was a huge pickup for them. I know he had some injury concerns, but it just seems like all the prospects are kind of like clicking in Buffalo right now, and it's working for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, completely unrelated. My phone is just uh, uh, like just goal, goal, goal everywhere. It's three to two Canucks with six minutes left in the first period. I can't believe that's a thing. Um, but yeah, the Sabres, man, they're a fun team to watch and a great team to bet the over on. Same with the Kraken, especially if the Kraken are on the road. Talked about that earlier. Uh, Eric Comrie is coming back off of IR for the Sabres, so they get their starting netminder back. They sent down, uh, what's his name? Uka Pekalukanen, uh, down to the Rochester Americans. Thank you. So yeah, um, Sabres are looking good. Two highest teams in hockey playing as we're recording, so it should be a doozy. Yeah, I mean, um, if they get some serious goaltending in here at the deadline, I don't know where they would pull that from, but that's a concern to teams in the Atlantic if that if they pull that off. Yeah, and Comrie, rough start to the season, then he gets the injury. He played so well in Winnipeg last season. I think he can turn it around. I mean, they're going to have to tighten it up a little bit. I don't think they can keep up this pace if they're going to you know, try to help him out, but um, I definitely think that he's capable of carrying – you know, number one netminder games played and uh, load and such like that. So yeah, for sure. Interesting to see how this team finishes out the season. They're right there in the wild card spot with the Pens, the Islanders, a um, couple other teams that I'm not uh, remembering off the top of my head. I'm running on like three hours of sleep, so if I'm mumbling, I apologize. You're good. Been up since like four a.m. Um, Darren Drager. He's reported that William Nylander is probably getting up to Mitch Marner territory for his next contract. Agree or disagree? Nicholas, I'll let you start. I am going to have to say that I agree that he will fetch that price. I do not think it will be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ooh. If he fetches that price, I don't think it can be the Toronto Maple Leafs. (laughs) I think someone will pay him that money, though, and I think I'll leave. So here's my thing with Nylander. He's very, very good, and he's a gamer. He's 
a proven playoff performer. He's always been one of the Leafs' best playoff guys when things kind of go dry. He's always still producing. I don't think he can carry a – how am I trying to – he can't be the best player on his line, in my opinion. I think he needs one I other guy. I know what guy, you're saying, yeah. Whether it's been Mitch, Tavares, Matthews, whoever, I think he needs that complementary piece for him to really excel. If you had to say where you think he would be a great fit other than Toronto, are there any teams that come to mind? Calgary and Florida. Oh, I know what Jay's going to say. And I no. hate the Florida one, but. I'm going to say the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, oh. man. They have, <laughs> I just looked this up. They have $17 million in cap space coming into the 2023 offseason. Oh, Boy, that would yeah. be one hell of a So here exciting. are the teams who would have enough cap space for um uh William Nylander. That's the Sabres with 17 million, the Coyotes with 18 million, but I doubt he's gonna go there. Nope. The Ducks have 13 million dollars in cap space currently. Not in a great situation right now, but you could see Willie Styles ripping it up in uh, Newport Beach. Though. I, was, I was gonna say those Swedes always love going out to Anaheim. I feel like, or the yeah. Finnish Finnish Swedes kind of guys. In terms of best situation and best chance to win and best chance to get paid, it's it's the Sabers. Okay, let's I do think... it. All right, William Nylander yeah. going to the Buffalo Sabers. Let, let, I think they. Uh, I think they did draft his brother at one point too. I know he's not with them anymore, but I think they had Alex yes. in their system for they, a minute. They drafted him. Now Alex is with uh, Pittsburgh in Wilkes-Barre. Oh, is he? Yeah, he got yeah. traded from the Blackhawks to Pittsburgh. Yep. I think in the Olimata trade, elite NHL sniper. <laughs> it was a one for one swap. Yeah. Um, and yes, you would be correct on that, Jay. Wow. Okay. Dude, could you imagine Buffalo with Tuck, Tage, Skinner, Cousins, Middlestat? I mean, all these guys, Quinn, like all these guys coming up on that offensive core. That would be that would be pretty nuts. Yeah. Wow. But see, the thing is, like, Tage Thompson is better than Nylander. But Nylander would probably end up making like what two or three million more if he's in Mitch territory because I think Thompson was what an eight by eight or something similar yeah. to that. I know I that think, doesn't mean much. It's all Marner territory. You're a lot closer to ten, so so about two. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's the thing that I can't get through my head is like Tage would be the best player, but Nylander would be the highest paid. Although I love the fit, Jay. I think that's I think that's a home run for the Sabers if they were to do that. Yeah, I just there's a lot of situations across sports and in hockey too where sometimes the best players isn't the most highest paid. I mean, you see guys like when Patrick Mahomes was on his rookie contract, he was the best player on the Chiefs, but he's not getting paid like it. So yeah, yeah, I can't wait to uh, have a YouTube clip that's called William Nylander to the Sabers question mark question mark question mark. Oh no 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 not question mark confirmed. Right, confirmed. <laughs> and then you put a bunch of like uh Toronto Maple Leafs hashtags, and then you're gonna piss off like the entire world and it's gonna go viral and it's gonna be great. That's how you work the internet. Yep, that's what it that's was made for. Hockey algorithms are driven by Leafs controversy. Oh, absolutely. In case, you, in case uh -huh. you didn't know. Um, we'll tag Rick in that too, so that'll be fun. Uh Nick, I'll let you take the quote of the week segment. 
It just wouldn't be quote of the week without John Tortorella. We had the Kuznetsov one a couple weeks ago that I thought was great, but this one is just prime torts. Someone made the mistake of asking him about the all-star game. What are you doing? He goes the whole weekend. I don't even watch it. I don't give a shit. Like, there you go. It's like, (laughs) don't even care about your players that are there, buddy. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Yes, seriously. Um, Uh Gambling time. Harry, brought to us by Sharp Rank, hit me with some knowledge. Oh, well, here's the knowledge. The Penguins Canucks over that I published today, riding with Mr. Iselio, it hit in the first period. It's three, there you three. go. The Canucks are up three, three nothing. Now it's three, three. I told you to live bet. I know. I know. I'm actually tweeting right now to cash it. So <laughs> uh, just uh, give me one second. But um, yeah, for this week, not a ton. Like, you know, you go fishing for some of these props. I will say, the shots on goal army is fully united on Jack Hughes. This guy is taking over games in terms of the shots on goal department. He has registered at least six shots in his last six games. And he had 10 last game, I think. Now the lines are getting set at like four and a half, five and a half. And hashtag SOG army, as I'll call it, is all over the shit. So this is like Ray Bork kind of shots numbers, like Brett Burns kind of shot numbers. Just get the puck and fling it as hard as you can towards the net is basically what this guy does. And I mean, he's scoring a lot of goals. That team is playing really well. I think he's got a great support cast there in Jersey. I have um Dawson Mercer on my fantasy team, who's been a, a sleeper all year. He's got me around like two points a game. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch Hughes continue to rip it up. Just do it in games that aren't against the Caps, and please leave the Metro if you don't mind. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, um, it, you know he's a guy who I think is going to be in the MVP conversation if he keeps this up. I think he'll be end up being a finalist. McDavid's I, I think if it, he right? if he keeps this up, I think he'll be in the discussion, but I don't think he'll be anywhere near actually winning it. I don't think like honestly, unless the Oilers don't make the playoffs, which to be honest, right now they kind of suck. So who knows? But it's McDavid's trophy to lose. I mean, there's just no, there's no way around it. So yeah, um, going to be interesting to see how Hughes and the Devils finish the season. Uh, the Oilers they just suffered their fifth loss this season when leading by multiple goals. It is tied for second most in the NHL. So if you are watching a game where the Oilers are ahead by a couple. Maybe hit that live bet on the opposing team because the Oilers are known to blow it this season. Uh, And then the last one, ding, 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 old times, TBT, game of the week. Nick, remember we used to do this when we would give out picks like three or four days in advance with no starting goalies? That's what we're doing here on this such a good idea. That was a great idea. Here's our game of the week. Thursday, January 12th. Listen up. The Maple Leafs play the Detroit Red Wings in or at Little Caesars, the Leafs have won nine straight meetings against the Red Wings. That's tied for third longest win streak against a single opponent in their franchise's history. Keep an eye on the line for that. I, odds maker Harry, Leafs would be minus 145 on the road, maybe somewhere, maybe 150. I don't think it'd get up to 160. I think it'd no, be 145. No, 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 no. I was thinking even maybe like 30 or 125 or something just because they're on the road, but I'm taking the Leafs. Yeah. I don't hate that. I don't know who all. the goalie is. I don't know who's starting. Game of the week. Well, it's also a good bet like right now, too, because Detroit's kind of 
the wheels are kind of falling off from that hot start they had that made Mac and I believe what we said about them was going to come true. I mean, you've got the whole Verona situation. I don't think Huso has looked good in about two and a half to three weeks. Uh, honestly, um, I think they're kind of just starting to have a lot of their their weaknesses exposed, as you would expect for a, you know a weaker team in their position. But uh, yeah, I don't hate that bet at all to pick the Leafs over them this week for sure. Yep, going to be a good one. Um, so three stars of the week. Let's go through that real quick. We have David Pasternak, Jack Hughes, and Rasmus Dahlin as your three stars of the week. A couple of guys that we uh, have talked about already on the show. Um, except, except Pasternak, who I think had a hat trick against the Yotes over the weekend. He's scoring a ton of goals. I think he's like third in the league now, tied with Ovi behind Tage and Connor. So he's uh. You know, him and the bees, they're ripping it up. I can't believe the bees haven't extended this guy yet. He's going to end up getting $11 million a year. I've seen some stuff. Have you seen the same stuff where they are very far apart in what they think he deserves the team in Pasternak's camp? So I hear that and I'm like, great, but I know he's going to stay at Bruin. But but it's the Bruins with spending money. What's the one thing they never Mm -hmm. do is pony up and spend the money because they don't typically have like one superstar like this this is this gm's big like gripe that everyone has against him he just for whatever reason won't pay people won't pay these guys what they deserve so i don't know i mean i honestly i don't think he's going anywhere else but makes you wonder it does make you wonder sweeney has not been uh everybody's favorite in the past i know that Jay, you're one for one so far. Who's going to be a team that lays down like 11 to 12 mil a year for David Pasternak? Uh, like Give I said, when I was landishly hot take. Oh boy. Let me, let me double check my salary cap. Make sure there's an actual team that could do it. Um, depending on what they can do in clearing some salary cap. If, the Hawks want to turn things around really quickly. <laughs> they can clear some cap space. Wow. They have a shot. They have $5 million as of now heading into the offseason in cap space. Because I don't think Pasta is going to the Yotes. I don't think they are quite ready for him yet. There's just not a lot of teams with a ton of cap space right and now. And he, he's going to take up a lot. He, he yeah. could be... Not that I think he should be, but he could probably be the highest paid player in the NHL AAV-wise after this season. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he can't literally cannot go to the Metro because Shocking. only two of the teams have positive cap space. Also, thank God. Hmm. Yeah, that's a so. tough one to predict with the huge contracts, but I was just curious if there was like one team that maybe stood out. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think maybe, he goes again, to Chicago, Maybe the Ducks. Maybe the Ducks. It, yeah. They're always in there. Um, all right. Injuries. Tyler Bertuzzi. He's back in action for the Detroit Red Wings. He will be playing tonight, which means he'll be playing Thursday against the Leafs. Maybe it'll bring the line down even more. We can hammer it. Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom made their season debuts for the Caps over the weekend in their one nothing win against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You guys only scored one goal against the Blue Jackets. That's a loss in my book. Well, we got um, six on them like two days prior, so it evens out. What have you done for me lately? Two uh, days prior, like <laughs> no, lately, like the most recent. Oh, like now, okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, I had the over in that game, so thanks. John Carlson's ear had to be reattached to his head per Russian machine. 
our good friend Ian what? that we've had on the podcast before. That's wild. Yeah. So that game I was at where he got hit in the head with a slap shot. Apparently they had to like reattach part of his ear to his head. Oh, dude, that's that's nasty. Like I, yeah, I, I can't really fathom that. Yeah. Uh, Max Pacioretty made his debut with the Hurricanes against the Predators last Thursday. Didn't score in that game, but did score in their contest on Saturday against. I can't remember who they played, but he did score. Trevor Moore and Arthur Kaliev both week to week for the Kings. Ouch. Ducks forward Justin Kirkland was involved in a car crash on his way to the Honda Center. He was transported to UCI Health, where he remains under evaluation. His full mobility and is communicating with his teammates and family. He's expected to be released within the next day or two. Definitely thoughts and prayers out to uh, Justin Kirkland. That's always scary. For sure. Uh, and then the Canadians will be without rookie defenseman Caden Gool. Is it Gool or Gooley? Gooley. Gooley. Caden yep. Gool until at least early March due to a knee injury. That's your injury update here on the Empty Betters podcast. This next roster move slash story I heard about, I read about, I've listened to it, and it just blows my mind. And Nick, you could probably explain this 10 times better than I can, if you don't mind. We had like four earth-shattering trades go down in the CHL following um, the World Juniors. And it's not uncommon, um, you know, just the life cycle of junior teams. They tend to move players around a lot more than you would in the NHL. It's almost normal to see like superstars get moved each year just to go to contenders who are looking to load up for a championship or a Memorial Cup or what have you. But uh, the Winnipeg Ice in Vancouver Giants, uh, the Winnipeg Ice got Zach Ostapchuk from uh, the Canadian national team. Vancouver in return got four players and four picks. Three of them were first rounders and one was a fifth. A massive one between Cam Loomps and Everett. The, the Blazers get Olin Zellweger and Ryan Hoffer. And in return, the Everett Silvertips get four players and 10 draft picks Four first round, two second round, a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, the Windsor Spitfires Jesus and Christ. Kingston Frontenacs. The Spits get Shane Wright, so that's a huge deal. Uh, and in return, Kingston gets two players and eight draft picks. Uh, the <laughs> Ottawa 67s and Saginaw Spirit. Ottawa gets Pavel Mintikov, and Saginaw gets nine draft picks, three second, four third, and two fourth rounders. So just... Massive amounts of assets being moved north of the border right now. Oh, my what? God. That's got to be the most draft picks ever traded in, like, sports history. Nine in, draft picks? It's insane. The Kamloops Everett deal with four first-rounders and four <laughs> players being involved is just absurd. I'm trying yeah. to put a ship on the water. Oh my we'll God. see. I don't know. That's that you talk about mortgaging the future. I don't think I've uh, ever seen it more to a T than right here. So seriously, pretty wild stuff over in the uh, Canadian Hockey League. Let's move on to the State of the Union. Nick, why don't you lead off with the Caps? Yeah, Caps looked good last week. They had the six-two road win in Nashville or in Columbus. They come back home the next day. I was at that game, a three-two loss to Nashville. Unfortunately. It was a tight game going down the stretch and they just kind of let it slip in the third period. You know, stop me if you've heard that one before. Uh, and then they had the one zero win over Columbus uh, and with both Wilson and Backstrom returned. Uh, Kemper gets his fourth shutout of the season and second in five games. 
Gotta love that. His game has really stepped up, I would say, from November pretty much onwards now. He looks like he's figured it out. He's happy in D.C. Seems like he's got his feet under him. So good to see him continue to get better and to continue to see the team get better around him. Uh, Was great to see Willie and Backstrom get back. I thought, you know, I know Willie turned down the fight. Of course, everyone wants to fight him in his first game back. And smartly, you know, after just blowing your ACL out, maybe you don't go put a ton of stress on your knees by grabbing onto a guy while you're standing on skates. Uh, Backy, I thought, looked fantastic out there. It clearly has helped him, whatever the recovery process was like for him. Essentially seems like he's... Not, you know, it's it's not like he's 25 again, but it's like the dude can actually skate again, which is nice. Uh, it's not like he's yeah. hobbling out there on one leg like we've seen in the last couple of years. So glad to see that. They definitely need a little bit of time to get acclimated, of course. Uh, Caps have some tough matchups coming up this week, all Metro, unfortunately. So they have a home and home with Philly. They're at Philly tonight, the night you guys are listening to this. Uh, and they are home against Philly on Saturday night. And then they travel up to the island on Monday. Philly's been playing better lately. We talked about it last episode. They skunked the Sabres for nothing the other night. So they did. You gotta you got you can't like circle Philly as an automatic win, especially with Torts in there. We know how that is. Isles, that'll be a good game. Nick, I want to ask you this, just for you know, maybe speaking for Caps fans here. If there was one thing that you think needs to be addressed by the Caps at the trade deadline, what do you think they should do? It's I mean, if you could pick one thing, it would probably be defense, and that's just with the the lack of John Carlson in there right now. Um, you're yeah. looking at guys like Alexiev to come back guys like Faravari just came back. So um, I would say you're, you know, that's, that's your big loss right now, um, especially with Wilson and, and Backstrom back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you guys have been good lately. Third, in the Metro can't complain too much, I guess. Uh, now it's go time because you get the big guns back. So, no more of you and Max saying, oh, we just got to hang around until they get back. It's like, well, now they're they back, did it. so let's go getting around. Yep. Um, they did do it. So, you know, probably the one team that a lot of people thought was going to fall off the face of the earth this season, myself included, still holding out. We'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Big game against uh, the Pens coming up in a couple weeks here. I'm sure me, right. and Mac will, me and Mac will have some type of wager on that. Uh, all right, moving on to the pens. I'll keep it simple, keep it sweet, keep it short. First, we'll start with the bad news. Uh, the wild card couldn't be any tighter. The Caps have kind of created a little bit of a cushion. We still have some games in hand. And right now it's us, the Islanders, the Sabres, the Red Wings, the Senators. Those five teams are really duking it out for that second wild card spot. Uh, we laid an absolute egg in Vegas the first game after the Winter Classic. I don't know if they went out the night before. I don't know if like they had something put in their drink. I don't know if the shining armor in the arena and the pregame show with the night coming out, you know, dazzled and razzled them or whatever, but they looked awful in the first period. I've never seen them look that bad to start a game. Uh, and the power play still sucks. So until a tank comes back, that's probably not going to change. Moving on to the good news. Uh, speaking of Latang, really heartwarming story here that uh, made its way around the internet. Uh, the Pens, after that awful loss to Vegas, ended up flying to Montreal to attend Chris Latang's father's funeral. Uh, they landed in Montreal at like 4 a.m. straight from Vegas. Usually they just go straight back. If I had to bet, Sid and Gino probably leading the way for the boys there on the plane, showing up for their uh, their teammate. Some would probably even say their brother. So. It's good to see that the team camaraderie is there and obviously thoughts and prayers with Latang. 
And then uh, we finally snap the losing streak after that. We go, uh, or before that, rather. We go to uh, Arizona, and Gensel finally gets going, gets two goals, so that's nice. I guess if you're going to snap a losing streak against any team, the Coyotes are the one to do it, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and now they are taking on the Canucks as we're talking in a absolute shootout where it's three to three in the first period and Mr. Ice is taking his shirt off. So everything's going well. Uh, and then Jari skating. So that's good news. No surgery required. Just going to be a little bit of rehab. I don't know, boys. I don't know how to feel about this team at the moment. It's just so streaky. Like I know I've said it before. They start hot. Then they go really cold. Then they just go ballistic from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And then, they lose like five in a row and then they beat the Yotes. So I don't know how to feel. Yeah. The whole hot and cold thing. I think I can relate. That was the first half of the season for me, but I mean, you know, I think this team is fine. Uh, you get Jari back. You guys are going to be fine. Petrie coming back would be nice. He's been out for a while. That would but, be big. Uh, it's going to be a good game between the caps and the pens um, in DC in a couple weeks as Nick, I think you and I'll probably end up going to that. So that'll be fun. I think so. Um, so if any of you are around for that one, hit us up. Yeah, us let us DM. know. Uh, Jay, you've been watching any Hawks games at all? Or are you just saving yourself the suffering? I am saving myself the suffering and the preparation for Mr. Bedard to be in Blackhawks red and there white eventually. It's it's just been bad. Uh, they are the worst team in the NHL 10, 25, and four. They have won two in a row against Arizona and overtime against calgary but they have an absolute gauntlet of a schedule where they have colorado seattle buffalo philly st louis and then the kings so all in a row so it's just keep keep putting those losses on and regulation keep keeping ahead of uh columbus and anaheim right now get Connor bedard and keep going through this rebuild. I mean, there's some players on here that are going to be good trade bait at the deadline. Max Domi is having himself a little bit of a season right now. Team leader in goals and uh, points, 12 goals, 28 points. Patrick Kane's been out for a couple games, but he has looked like trash. He's got seven goals, 20 assists. So, he wants out, Jay. Come on, free him. No, no, no. <laughs> I will hold on to him until he skates like Zidane Ochara at the end. I do not <laughs> care. He will never play for another team in his career. What about Taser? Are you cool if he if he leaves? <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, those like of, of everyone that was part of that dynasty run, those are like the two guys who are like they have to retire. Blackhawks. It sucks that Corey Crawford had to retire as a devil. Duncan Keith retired as that. a Edmonton Oiler. Crawford played for the Devils? No, he signed with the Devils after the Hawks didn't bring him back, but retired without ever playing a game. Yeah. Oh. Like what uh, Datsuk did with the Yotes. Uh, right, because it's like a salary retention gig. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, he had signed there as a free agent. He wasn't even He was going to play. Yeah. So, but yeah, those two guys, if they want to sign elsewhere, I know it would be bad for the organization considering what value we could get, but it just, there are certain guys in certain moments you don't trade. Like, even though the team was bad, like 
the Lakers never traded Kobe. He wasn't that good near the end, but there's just certain players you don't trade. Yeah. I I, I think us two can definitely understand that. Um, you know, probably the only two teams other than the Hawks who like have kept their core intact for that long. So we definitely get it. Yeah. But um, one last note I want to add, because I forgot this during the gambling segment. We were talking Blackhawks, and then I started thinking about the watch party. And then I thought about the Blues. Two guys that you – or let me rephrase that. Three guys that you should be hammering on props right now. Two of them are on my fantasy team, so I'm seeing it real time. Robert Thomas. You're welcome. Jordan Cairo, Brandon Saad. With Tarasenko and O'Reilly out long-term, those three guys are absolutely humming. And the Blues have looked actually pretty respectable in the last, like, three to four games. So they're not totally falling off the face of the earth. Those three guys on any given night are going to be really good point props for you. So I think that's, like, those are great point props for sure. I think one of the things that's so frustrating for me about that team is they can beat anyone any night. It's just half the time they look lost out there. And then half the time it's magically all coming together. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's Bennington. Sometimes it's not. I mean, they've got a ton of injuries, so it's hard for me to pick on them. But, um, you know, those three are lugging heavy ice time, like 20 plus minutes a night for forwards. So definitely getting the uh, opportunities in the power play time for you to cash. Power play time's props. a big one for them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that about does it for this episode. If you guys don't have any final notes, then I think we will uh, we'll wrap up here. Anything you guys got? Shout out to Perry West. Got to hang out with him before the Caps Preds game. Always good seeing the West boys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And shout out to Luke. Um, I think he was playing in uh, a police game. He was I, yep. I think he was on Anne Arundel. Yeah, I can't remember who he was playing. And he played against MSP, Maryland State Police. Yep. Really cool what they do there. They had the Caps-Preds game, right? And then mm-hmm. after the game, they let the cops go down to the locker room, get dressed, and then they go out and play after at like 1130 at night. It's super cool. Yeah, my neighbor was on the MSP team, so I know that they were there as well to watch it. Um, so it was a it was a great turnout, it looked like. I had to leave beforehand, but it looked like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so shout out to those guys. Um, you know, obviously – been friends with Luke for a long time. Good friend of the program. So always listening. Appreciate it. Um, All righty then. Then we'll wrap up here. We will be back with you guys next week before we head out to Milwaukee to hang with the guys for a live episode here in just about 10 days. Really looking forward to it. Going to be a ton of fun. We appreciate the love and support as always. And without further ado. Class dismissed. <laughs>